Welcome to Tales of History and Imagination. Eccentric Tales from History by Simone Whitlow. Today's tale is set in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. The time, a very specific 9.14pm on 22nd November 1987. The city's sports fans are tuned into WGN-TV's 9 o'clock news as Dan Rowan discusses the latest round in the Chicago Bears-Detroit Lions rivalry. I'm told at the time I wrote this tale, the two American football teams have been at war with one another since 1930, having met 183 times at the time of writing. On this day, the Bears won 30-10. As select footage played of the game, the signal suddenly cut out, replaced by a bizarre, distorted pirate signal. In place of the hulking footballers, a man in a suit, wearing a familiar mask to trick-or-treaters that year. Bobbing up and down for joy, the figure stood in front of a sheet of corrugated iron, which rotated back and forth behind him. Before the intruder could say anything, one of the technicians at WGN-TV wrestled control back from the hijackers. Back to a rather shocked Rowan in the studio. Well, if you're wondering what's happened, <laughs> so am I. Actually, the computer that we have running our news from time to time took off and went wild, so what we're going to do is start over from the top of the This would be the first of two bizarre incidents on Chicago television that night. The second incident occurred at 11.15pm on PBS affiliate WTTW Channel 11. The channel was in the midst of Doctor Who's Horror of Fang Rock serial. To the uninitiated, Doctor Who is a sci-fi show from the United Kingdom, featuring a time-travelling alien called the Doctor. From time to time, the Doctor dies, and is reincarnated with a new actor taking the lead. This episode featured fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. In the middle of a scene, an intrusion forced its way onto the airwaves. Whereas the first invasion lasted a mere 25 seconds, this one would carry on for one and a half minutes. Because he's a freaking The intruder, a man with a rubber Max Headroom mask, would speak this time, though the signal would be highly distorted. Having disparaged sportscaster Chuck Swirsky, sung a line from The Temptations' 1966 hit, I Know I'm Losing You. Hum the theme from the 1960s cartoon Clutch Cargo, waved around what looks like a rubber dildo, and dropped the catchphrase from the new Coke ads that the real Max Headroom had been fronting. <laughs> then put on a welding glove, stating, The video cuts to Max, bare-bottomed, stating, Oh no, they're coming to get me, before a woman with a fly swatter emerges to spank him. The intrusion then cuts out. It is quite an action-packed minute and a half. 
That the hijackers chose Max Headroom to front their intrusion may carry a political meaning. Although it could just as easily have been a convenient disguise. Headroom masks were everywhere the month before. A lot of people dressed as Max for Halloween. Max Headroom, the character, does seem the perfect avatar for the crime, however. Now the character had come about in 1985, as British TV station Channel 4 wanted to launch a music video programme, a little like the shows on MTV. Rather than use a real-life talking head, they looked to create an AI. Without proving too expensive, they settled on adding prosthetics to the sharp-featured Matt Thrower. He was dressed in a shiny fiberglass jacket, filmed in intense light in front of a computer-generated background. His voice was occasionally glitched with pitch shifting and a digital stutter. The creators, George Stone, Annabel Jankel and Rocky Morton, then concocted an elaborate backstory to the character. This, in turn, spawned a weekly action TV show based around the character of Max Headroom. In a dystopian near future, run by large TV corporations, crusading reporter Edison Carter chases down a story that blipverts. Three-second advertisements designed to keep people on the channel are killing some of the audience. While uncovering the truth, Carter has an accident, leaving him comatose. His last memory, seeing a sign on a car park entrance. Max Headroom, 2.3 meters. The channel downloads his memories into an AI avatar to replace him. However, the character, Headroom, is the opposite of the humble Carter. Max Headroom is the very image of an arrogant, swaggering news host. A movie then several seasons of the action TV show were wonderfully subversive critiques on the evils of consumerism, politics, and modern life in general. Carter and Headroom, brilliantly antithetical characters, played like a modern-day Jekyll and Hyde. The edgy critique, which coincidentally had dealt with the takeover of a TV channel in one episode, a crime they referred to as zipping and carrying the death sentence, had gotten the show cancelled only a month prior to the Max Headroom incident. Network 23, in this case, now ABC Television, and they were not amused. While in real life you can't be executed for zipping a TV channel, it is a serious crime all the same. The Federal Communications Commission were called in to investigate. The FBI joined the investigation soon after. If a perpetrator had been caught, they would have faced a $100,000 fine, a year in jail, or both. After extensive investigation, and an interrogation of everyone the authorities believed had the skills to hack a network, they came up empty-handed. Now this doesn't mean that many internet sleuths haven't given up on the mystery. One name often put forward is former punk rocker and indie filmmaker Eric Fournier. Fournier filmed a series of shorts in the 1990s around the fictional character Shay St. John a former model who had to rebuild herself with prosthetics after a horrific train accident. A compilation of these quirky, or disturbing depending on which side of the fence you sit on, shorts was released on DVD in 2006. Many have commented on the similar sense of humour. Fournier can neither confirm or deny, having passed on in 2010. Another lead often discussed is an anonymous Reddit thread from 2010. 
The poster claimed he was part of the hacker community in the 1980s, when he met two brothers he called J and K. The poster was convinced the two were behind the hijacking, them having bragged of a big caper just days before the intrusion. They were allegedly capable of carrying out the hijack, and Max's character, inability to keep to a single topic for more than a few seconds, and general sense of humour seemed to be very like Jay. The thread, now archived, has an update from 2013 that police located Jay and K following the post, and were able to eliminate them from the list of suspects. To date, no one has been charged with the Max Headroom incident. Now one may ask, why was this prank taken so seriously? Sure, a number of viewers were upset by the intrusion. One commenting it felt like someone had thrown a brick through his window. Now the laws had only recently been beefed up to deal with incidents like this in an effort to protect all manner of large networks. Imagine, if you will, that hackers found their way into the power grid, traffic lights, or air control systems at an airport. However, stunts like the Max Headroom incident can cause real panic in their own right. While certain similar incidents, the 1986 Captain Midnight protest, where a satellite dish salesman named John McDougall took over HBO in protest of them blocking satellite dish owners from watching HBO for free, or the 1987 intrusion into a softcore porn film on the Playboy channel with Bible verses, by an engineer from the Christian Broadcasting Network named Thomas Haney. They're almost comical. Some examples are less so. In 1966, a Russian hacker in the city of Kaluga made an on-air announcement that the US had launched nuclear missiles at the USSR. This, of course, caused huge panic. A British hacker caused a little bit of panic also among the gullible in 1977 when he hacked Southern Television's news bulletin in an alien voice to announce himself as Vrilon, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command. In 1985, four astronomers used hacking for political purposes when they hacked TV stations with messages in support of the Solidarity Labour Movement, which did eventually overthrow the communist rulers. Finally, in 2006, Israel, then at war with Lebanon, hacked Hezbollah's Al-Manar TV to broadcast anti-Hezbollah propaganda. To date, no one has been charged with the Max Headroom incident. Thanks for listening. This has been Tales of History and Imagination. All episodes written by me, Simone Whitlow. Produced and all music yours truly. Visit the blog historyandimagination.com. Links to social media and liner notes. We have a Facebook and a Twitter, even a Pinterest. We also have a Patreon if you wish to help support the show and keep it going. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave a positive review. We'll be back in two weeks' time for more tales of history and imagination.